you're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Now it's time for a view from Taiwan with Ross Feingold, Director of Research at Cyrus Consulting. Good morning, Ross. Good morning from Taipei. And tell me, Ross, how's the weather in Taipei today? Oh, boy, it's cold. I just checked. It's 10 degrees at the moment, and it's supposed to stay cold for the next few days. And then a week from now, it's supposed to be 25. Go figure. I Yeah, that's the changing climate around the world for you at the moment. Well, we beat you, Ross, in terms of coldness. We're seven degrees centigrade here in Hong Kong at the moment, and it was six. I think yesterday we were down to four degrees. So how about that? Well, better that is warming uh, temperatures than warming geopolitics. Can I say that? <laughs> well, that moves us nicely onto the questions then, doesn't it? Well, not so much about politics, first of all, but TSMC had its results out for 2023 last week. Did they contain anything particularly interesting, Ross? And where do you well, think they're heading in 2024? There was a 17.5% annual drop in net profit for 2023 versus wow. uh, 2022. So, so the full year numbers were down. But interestingly, the fourth quarter numbers were pretty good. They had a 13.1% quarterly increase in net profit. EPS was up. Sales were up. Uh, and generally, the fourth quarter beat the estimates of the street. So there was some good news. Yeah. Uh, but why, 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 why was the full year results down? Well, slowing global demand. Uh, you know, it looks like the uh, inventory cycle is still working its way through uh, with, with consumer electronics. But uh, talking to people in the industry, it seems that people are optimistic going into uh, 2024 that the the, the tech uh, consumer electronics cycle has kind of reached the point where there might be some restocking in 2024. And of course, for 2024, another advantage that TSMC has is their strong position with AI chips. And that looks uh, like it's going to power some really good numbers for 2024. So although full year 2023 numbers were down a bit year on year, I think there's still a lot of optimism for TSMC. Yeah, particularly with those good results, as you say, in the last quarter. Now, what's happening with TSMC in Arizona at the moment? Yeah, that's a great question. There's been so much news and optimism about uh, its project in Arizona. So it's building a big fab, but it's got phase one and phase two. Uh, Phase one looks like it's going to come online in 2025. Phase two, though, uh, the company said on its most recent earnings call, they're not really sure when phase two of the Arizona fab is going to come online. And they're not sure which uh, uh, process node it will be producing. Will it be the most advanced? Will it be something a little more mature. Uh, they just don't know yet. And they, they're saying it could be 2027 or 2028, as late as 2028, when the second phase of the Arizona Fab comes online. So I think people were maybe a bit surprised by that. Mm-hmm. And they're also a bit surprised by TSMC saying, uh, uh, we're still waiting for some some visibility from the U.S. government on what the S word is going to be. And it's not that S word. It's subsidies, right? <laughs> so keeping in mind that these big semiconductor fabs that uh, the Biden administration has persuaded uh, companies to build in the United States, they're all depending on heavy subsidies. And TSMC basically said, we're still waiting to hear back from Uncle Sam how big a subsidy we're going to get. And so you think that's why they're dragging their feet on this? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the subsidies really are, are the difference between uh, the, the these uh, U.S. fabs being profitable or operating at a yeah. loss. And just always keep in mind, the people at TSMC, they are so brilliant. If, they, if they're expecting to get a subsidy, I mean, they'll get it eventually. And they're not going to move move forward uh, with deciding what, what process node they're going to make at this fab or when it will come online until they get some visibility on the subsidy. And I guess a change in president might impact subsidies and things like that quite substantially do you think? Well, the interesting thing is uh, Republicans in Congress, uh, not all of them, but a lot of them did support the CHIPS Act. So uh, whether Donald Trump himself is a supporter of the CHIPS Act, uh, who knows? Uh, but but uh, at least it did go through Congress with bipartisan support. So broadly speaking, there's bipartisan support to give subsidies, uh, including to foreign manufacturers like TSMC or, or the Korean manufacturers. OK, let's move on to another company now, Foxconn's Hon Hei. It's also been in the news with it looking at opportunities in India and the US. Tell us more, Ross. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. In India, they announced uh, they were going to do a joint venture with HCL Group to to create an outsourced semiconductor assembly and test uh, company so that they package, assemble and test the wafers rolled out by other uh, uh, companies that are the fabs. Um, the, the interesting thing here is it was only last year that Honhai and another big Indian company, Vendanta, decided to drop their plans for what was supposed to be a 19 U.S. billion dollar joint venture to manufacture semiconductor but they they were having trouble getting the regulatory approvals and and another clarity from the government. Hint, hint, this happens a lot in India. Uh, So they decided to drop that joint venture. But at the time, uh, Foxconn Honhai did say that we're going to look at other opportunities in the semiconductor space. And here we are about six months later, uh, they've announced this uh, 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 outsourced semiconductor assembly and test joint venture. So uh, Foxconn Honhai, they're they're obviously clearly very, very positive on on the semiconductor and tech sector uh, in, in India. And then they also announced that they're eyeing the, the United States as their first overseas market for their Model C electric vehicle. So uh, Foxconn and, and a local auto manufacturer here in Taiwan called Yulon Group, uh, they have a, a joint venture called Foxtron. Uh, try and keep, keep these Fox names uh, in, in order. So Foxtron is, is an EV company. They're already starting to deliver vehicles. Well, so specifically this SUV, they're already delivering it to customers here in Taiwan, and they're expecting uh, to roll it out in mid-2025 in the United States. And that'll be something to watch. Uh, a lot, uh, there are a lot of great companies in the EV space here in Taiwan, definitely something investors should pay attention to going forward. Well, there's a lot of competition in the EV space as well. Is there any particular niche that this company is going for that's part of Foxconn? Uh, I think, well, uh, competing in the SUV space is yes. pretty tough uh, for, for EVs since there are a number of uh, uh, companies that beat uh, Foxtron to doing this. Uh, but, it, you know, kind of like TSMC, I would never underestimate Foxconn's ability to bring a, a tech product to market and to do it uh, cost effectively. They're very good at that. Right. We've got about 40 seconds for this last question, Ross. Export orders are down almost 16% in 2023. How bad news is that for uh, Taiwan? And what's the outlook for 2024? Seconds, Actually, not that please. bad. It was it was down 16% in 2023, but it was still the third highest in history because the previous few years yeah. were so high. Uh, so uh, I think there's still some optimism for export orders in 2024, especially for AI related or the most advanced semiconductor processes.
Well, thank you for keeping that down to 30 seconds. So thank you very much to Ross Feingold, thank Director you. of Research at Cyrus Consulting. Have a great day.